Welcome back to Crimes from the East, your Desi True Crime podcast. Who do we have with us today? Let me guess. Her name starts with A and ends with chaos. It's Alice. Akos. <laughs> that sounds like a Greek god or something. Hello. I'm I'm here. How have you been? How's your how has your Oh, you know, been? just making chaos rain. Good. How are you? How are you feeling? As usual, things go up and then down. So I was feeling a lot better, but then I I was chewing on some lovely crunchy bacon and I fractured my tooth. So how? <laughs> well, that's the price you got to pay. That's the price you pay for bacon. It's the pig's revenge. I could go for some bacon. <laughs> the pig's revenge. Be careful with it, though. It seems really... Apparently. Deadly. Dangerous. Mm-hmm. Living on the edge. Yeah, it's going to cost me $5,000 to fix. American healthcare is just amazing, isn't it? It seems totally reasonable. Yeah, and that money, I could literally fly to India, get my tooth fixed, and fly back. Oh, so I heard you learned something new. You want to share with our listeners? What did I learn? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I started learning how to play the ukulele. Wait, so you're turning into a bard, <laughs> right? <laughs> True. Actually, Alex the Bard has a ring to it that I quite like. Doesn't I it? I get behind that. That is really neat. And instead of the usual, you know, bard music, you can sing like Daisy Bollywood songs. Oh, I should totally learn a Daisy song on the ukulele. Ding, 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 ding. That could be our Bollywood corner jingle. Dilwale Dulania Lejangi? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're gonna be sued to hell if we if we do that. Dang it. Stupid laws. Stupid copyright. So what are we talking about today? Today's story, it's a tough one. Uh-oh. And you know, all crimes are tough, sad, and upsetting, and it's not really fodder for entertainment as such, but today's case is a little a little more somber, in my opinion, because the victim is a 13-year-old boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and when it comes to Kids. crimes against children, it's just it's just especially hard yeah. to read and listen about. And so listener discretion is highly advised. I'll try not to dwell on the, the details of the crime itself. Okay. But still, if this is something that upsets you, I would, I would skip this episode and, you know, go listen to a, a different episode. Yeah. From our inventory. Today is a serious case and and I'm gonna treat it with that kind of with the kind of respect that it deserves. So let's get into it. Thirteen year old Adit Ranka left his home to deliver some keys and was instead kidnapped by two men who demanded a ransom from his father. When the police were involved, everything went awry and they cut the innocent child's life short. Today we talk about this case and we talk about the motive, the perpetrators, and the result of the trial on this case. Okay. So, South Mumbai diamond merchant Jitendra Ranka's home in the posh Mumbai locality of Ketavadi was a happy one with wife Chandrika and two sons, the younger of whom was named Adit. 13th May 2013, Jitendra left for work as usual in the morning. And since it was a day off from school, Adit was busy playing games at home and watching television. And he planned to go outside later to play with his friends in the neighborhood. This is very typical, like summertime, 
when you're off from school, you just you wake up late, you have a lazy breakfast. The kind of days that you kind of dream of or wait for. It's like the ideal summer day plan. Yeah, you watch all the TV. Yes. You know, you can fit into your day and play your video games and eat snacks. Yeah, you have snacks. Your friends come out in the evening and you just putter around. And man, those days, I wish I wish we could go back. Yeah, me too. I could go for one of those days. One of, one of those days, one of these days. Yeah. At 11 a.m., the phone rings and Adit was nearby, so he picks up the phone. Some unknown caller was on the line claiming to be his father's friend. Adit makes some excuse and he cuts the call short. You know, he must be like, dad's not home. Bye-bye. Okay. See ya. Because he's watching TV. He's like, don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't disturb me. So another call comes in, which Adit picks up again. It was the same caller. Uh -oh. This time, he tells Adit that his father, Jitendra, had forgotten some keys at home and that Adit needs to come outside and hand it over to him. Uh -oh. Adit hangs up again. Yeah. Either not believing the caller or just not bothered about the whole thing. He's like, come on, ask someone else to do yeah. this, right? At 12.30 p.m., the phone rings a third time. This time, Adit's mother, Chandrika, picks up the phone and speaks to the caller. Okay. She believes the caller's story and she hands Adit the keys. <gasps> he was to walk over outside around the corner where someone would be waiting to collect the keys for Jitendra. This would be the last time that Chandrika sees her son alive. Wow. The day goes by and Adit doesn't return home. By mid-afternoon, Jitendra Ranka gets a call from someone calling himself Rakesh, who claims to have kidnapped Adit. He demands a ransom of 30 lakh rupees, which is roughly 40,000 US dollars. Okay. At first, Jitendra brushes it off as a prank call. Because you don't want to believe when you hear, you know, when you hear something like that, you, your first instinct is this can't be real. Right. Something kept nagging at him. And so he goes home to check out what's going on. Chandrika tells him about the caller asking for the keys which Adit had gone out to deliver. And at once, Jitendra knew something was wrong mm -hmm. because he had never asked for any keys. Mm -hmm. Jitendra's nephew, Himanshu Ranka, who lived across the street, came over to help the family, to help support them and be there. Help handle the situation. As any family member would do. Jitendra and Himanshu, they drive to the police station and they lodge an FIR, which is a first information report about Adit's kidnapping. Because it involves a child and there was a call, the police take it seriously. Okay. And the Mumbai crime branch is immediately involved. And they start investigating the case with the utmost urgency. Because time is supposed to be really of the essence in these cases, according to That's right. shows like CSI that have informed all of my true crime knowledge. I, I think I've heard that the first 72 hours are the most yeah. crucial when it comes to crimes involving That's what they say. children. Because after that, the chances of them being found alive drop significantly. It's a good thing that, you know, Mumbai police is treating this with the... Yeah, they sprung on Yeah, it. the seriousness that it deserved. So they tried to trace all of the phone calls received to the home. It seemed to have come from a public phone. And so they were trying to investigate in that area and find whatever clues that they could. All through the night, 
Jitendra and Chandrika anxiously await a call from the kidnapper for more details or or something like a drop-off point, but that call never came. The silence was deafening and every minute excruciating for Adit's parents. I can't imagine. Yeah, it's like I the worst imagine. nightmare. Yeah. The next day, Jitendra needed to check in at the police station again to see if they made any progress. His nephew Himanshu came over again with his friend Vrijesh, and they offered to drive him to the police station in Vrijesh's car. On the way there, they asked Jitendra how the investigation was going and if they had heard any news from the police. Suddenly, Jitendra spots something in the car that makes his blood run cold. Oh my god. He sees the bright red Crocs which Adit had been wearing when he left the home the day before in the car. What? This is his cousin, right? Yes. When he reaches the police station, he immediately informs the investigators about what he had seen. So the cops bring in Himanshu and Brijesh for questioning and they start grilling them as to why they had Adit's shoes in the car. The shoes which he had been wearing when he was last seen. Several articles mention that Himanshu broke down and confessed to the whole thing. What he revealed was shocking. A devious and cold-hearted betrayal of his own blood. Himanshu, a then 28-year-old MBA graduate, lived with his father Neemchand Ranka and family across the street from his uncle Jitendra. Marwadi communities like that of the Rankas are generally very close-knit. They often live in joint family homes or Mm. adjoining homes and they work in generational family businesses together. Okay. So, I mean, most Desi families are close, but Marwadi families, which originally hail from Rajasthan, which is a state in Western Mm -hmm. India, their families are generally much more close-knit and tight-knit. Okay. So, yeah, he lived across the street from Adit. Himanshu apparently had a gambling habit and had recently bet and lost on an IPL match. What's IPL? IPL is the Indian Premier League, which is a 2020 cricket league. Of course. Yeah, it's a cricket league. I feel really embarrassed that I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, sports? What are sports? Not everybody likes cricket. I couldn't even tell you what a basketball person's name is michael jordan okay but that's easy michael and jordan, that's yep. only because of space jam we know nothing about sports but cricket wiki tells me the ipl is a 2020 cricket league contested by eight different teams representing eight popular indian cities so okay yeah they have something like the rajasthan royals and Ooh. chennai kings you know what the kolkata team is called what oh my god Kolkata Knight Riders. Okay. These teams all sound awesome. Like, frankly, I like it. Yeah. Kolkata Knight Riders. You know who owns it? Who? Shahrukh Khan. <gasps> My love. <laughs> yeah, Shahrukh Khan and uh, Jay Mehta. Okay, so Himachu had racked up some debts betting on cricket matches. Mm-hmm. Betting or gambling is totally illegal in all parts of India. There's no okay. there's no form of betting that is in any form allowed by the yeah. law. 
but so many of our stories involve gamblers. It's almost like this law isn't being enforced at all. All the criminals seem to have these common elements. You yeah. Know, they have some form of addiction, some yeah. form of problem with impulse control. So I was just thinking that actually as just like a total sidebar, but we have another like weird strand forming in our web of like all of our stories have these weird connections. Synchronicity. Synchronicities or something. Synchronicity. Even if it's illegal, it doesn't stop bookies and punters from getting together and trying to make a quick buck with every IPL match. It's not a small operation by any measures. Sure. Nearly $200 million is bet illegally per match. Woo. Okay, per match. It's a tidy sum. Yeah, the chain of bookies allegedly goes all the way to the top to old-timey underworld goons who now live in the Middle East. Some very dangerous... Individuals. Yeah, mafia figures. And understandably, if you made a bad bet Mm -hmm. and now owe a shit ton of money to these bookies, they will make your life very difficult. You can kiss your knees goodbye, you gullible fools. Oof. Himanshu and Rajesh had run up a tab of about 10 lakhs, which is roughly 14,000 US dollars. They were panicking and desperate to come up with this sum. There must have been some threat sent their way, but it hardly justified a dangerous, ridiculous, and audacious step like kidnapping a child. I mean, do something else. Sell your home, sell your car, I don't know. Let alone your own nephew or cousin, too. It's like, it's very low. What kind of deplorable excuse for human you must be to think of that as an option? You know, I mean, you've got a, you've got a bad habit. Feed it some other way. Go get a third job, a second job. Go sell blood. Sell your plasma. Yeah. Sell your kidney, for God's sake. But if sake. you're trying to get rich quick, then you probably don't have the... Uh... The brains. Discipline to find money a good old-fashioned way. And at this point, he must have been pretty desperate. And that's a dangerous combination, desperate and stupid. Nothing good can come of that. (laughs) Yeah. Jitendra Ranka had a business deal come through that weekend, and he had 30 lakh rupees at his home. This information was allegedly... Something that he would have told his brother, Nimchandranka, at some point about. And thus, Himanshu may have known about that, mm. being a close family member, right? Yeah. He had some inkling about this huge sum. Mm-hmm. And it must have seemed like an easy cash grab for a bunch of dirt bags like yeah. these two. And so on May 10th, the Friday before this event happened, they conspired to kidnap Himanshu's little cousin, Adit, on Monday. The duo took turns in calling the Ranka home to summon Adit outside on a false pretext. Mm -hmm. And Chandrika later testified that the voice of the caller sounded very much like Himanshu, which is why she trusted the call. Okay. Even if he didn't identify himself as Himanshu, she heard his voice and she thought, oh, it's him. He's in a hurry. He's just asking for some keys. So that's why she let Adit go. But she didn't realize this in the moment, I guess. Yeah. It subliminally clicks. Yeah. Right? You recognize the voice. It's a family member. You trust them. So you don't ask too many questions. Yeah. That's how it would be. Like if, if 
if, say, my sister called me tomorrow and she didn't say, hi, it's me, blah, blah, blah. I need all this. Blah, if she just starts talking and says, hey, can you come outside? I need this. And then she cuts the call. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's her. And I'll do it. Right. Yeah. I'll do it. She doesn't have to tell me it's her. I know her voice. Yeah. But it just seems like if she had really like recognized his voice, that would have been the first place they went to look. Oh, I get what you're saying. Right. So maybe she didn't register until afterwards that. Right. They didn't put two and two together. Yeah. So Vrijesh met Adit outside the Ranka home. He convinced Adit to go outside and go for a joyride in his car. And Adit agreed. Why wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Vrijesh, he knew Vrijesh. He was his cousin's friend. Yeah. So yeah. any kid would be thrilled to have that kind of a leisurely time driving around aimlessly on a hot summer day. Yeah. Like Kids love that. Mm-hmm. There is CCTV footage of Adit getting into this car. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Vrijesh took Adit for a drive while Himanshu waited around home being seen by his family members. Of course, eventually goes over to Jitendra to help support the right. family in that yeah. time. Alibi. Rajesh then stopped at a public phone booth near Sion, Mumbai, to make the ransom call to Jitendra. Mm. CCTV footage of him stopping at that phone booth was found, where both Rajesh and Adit sitting in the car can be seen clearly. Wow, so sloppy. Things did not go as they expected. Instead of handing over the cash, Jitendra called the police and the crime branch was activated, which was worrying to them because the crime branch consists of higher uh, caliber of officers and they have access to a lot more technologies and investigative processes. They would be able to catch them. So they panicked. Yeah. They saw no way out in which they would not be eventually ID'd by Adit. But of course, like they're so stupid. Some part of them must have known from the beginning that they were never going to actually hand the boy back over. Yeah, what was their end game in this genius plan, right? I mean, the kid recognizes his cousin and his cousin's friend. So to get kidnapped, well, no, I don't know. What could they have possibly thought would happen? What was their exit strategy? Adit knows them. Mm-hmm. He would have told his parents that he took me for a drive while you got this ransom call, right? Yeah. I don't know, like, was this premeditated murder? I can't, I can't tell one way or the other, but there just doesn't seem any way out. Yeah. Other than, you know, what they did eventually. So, yeah, it makes this case much worse. They didn't even like hire a third unknown party to do this. Senseless. They, they did it themselves. So Mm -hmm. how would they get out of this? They wouldn't. There was no way. They decided to kill the poor child, all of 13 years old. Rajesh, he stopped at a corner cigarette and pawn shop Mm -hmm. to buy a knife. And there is CCTV footage of this as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He drove Adit outside of Mumbai and he stabbed him multiple times. (gasps) He dumped the boy's body in an isolated spot off of the Mumbai-Pune Expressway and burnt the remains. This is just heartbreaking. Not only are they like taking this poor innocent kid's life, but in such a like violent and degrading way as well. I find absolutely nothing redeemable about these two guys whatsoever. They seem like complete animals. Cell phone tower data placed Rajesh at all of these prime locations and his call record showed 
that he was in constant touch with Himanshu as well. Okay. By Tuesday, Jitendra had spotted Adit's shoes in Rajesh's car and reported him. Yeah. Both of these guys were interrogated and Rajesh led the police to the body. These guys are the stupidest. Everything they did was just stupid. We need to call them like the stupid brothers. I don't find any satisfaction in calling them dum-dums because of how grave their crime was. Were they on drugs? Were they drunk? I mean, I you said, did you say that one of them had an MBA even? Yeah, they were both MBAs. They were educated. They were educated. They came from good families. And this is what they... It's weird. So it's nature versus nurture. What is it? What do you think? I think it was nature. I think they were just born this... Bad. This deficient in the intellectual capacity. Sadly, the next year from this crime, Jitendra Ranka passed away. According to his wife, Chandrika, he just couldn't bear the loss of his son in such a brutal way. It had affected him deeply and he could not recover from this. The two accused were held in jail as under trials while the court case proceeded over a period of four years. The prosecution, led by public prosecutor Kalpana Chavan, fought hard but was only able to find conclusive and material evidence against Rajesh and they were right. able to win a conviction against him beyond reasonable doubt. Okay. Rajesh Sangvi, that's his full name, Rajesh Sangvi. Mm-hmm. He was given a life sentence and charged with multiple offenses related to the murder. So I think kidnapping, desecration, threat, yes, desecration, yeah. all of these different charges. Good. He has a minimum period of 30 years, which he must serve in jail. Mm-hmm. And all the other charges will run consecutively after that. So okay. the judge made sure he's not getting out, doesn't get out again. of jail. But what about Himachu? Due to lack of clear evidence beyond the circumstantial findings, Himanshu Ranka was acquitted of all charges. What? Yep. The F. Yep. The Times of India article reports that upon hearing his not guilty verdict, Himanshu slumped to the floor sobbing uncontrollably. He thanked the court as his wife, sister, and parents smiled with relief. Oh, I hate that so much. What a little, what a little bitch. Yeah. What a little bitch. Total piece of shit. How could his family even support him after what he did, though? I'm pretty sure they, they are like, you know, our son. He couldn't have done this. Yeah. Brijesh, the low life, must have planned and executed this whole thing. And Himanshu must have just gone along with it. I honestly, back to your nature versus nurture question, I think it's a nurture situation. Possible, because he is a son, and in India, yeah, most sons are given spoiled free rotten. reign, spoiled rotten, and they Very just rotten. can't, they can't do any wrong in their parents' eyes. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe his upbringing wasn't the best either. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And in the same court, Chandrika and her side of the family were... Devastated. You know, yeah, they were devastated to hear this verdict. They thought that he would be charged with at least one offense because there are mm-hmm. so many different layers and levels of offenses that they could have been charged with or would have been charged with. And mm-hmm. they figured there must be at least one charge that we can make stick for this guy. But 
he met you and he confessed or was it just Rijesh who had confessed? So Himanshu was the first one to confess. But remember, like we discussed in the last case, he took it all back. They recant their confessions in court. So confessions really mean nothing. And they're only a means to get further clues and evidence. So, yeah, that's that's the sad part. Damn. I mean, wow. Good job, Himanshu. Like, out of the two of you, at least you were the less dumb one. Somehow. You protected yourself well. If what many Hindus believe is true, there is a Narak or hell waiting for you. And your karma is damned, bro. For real. Yeah. If he's truly innocent, then okay, maybe everyone's mistaken and he deserves a normal life again. But if he is guilty of Uh planning this crime, then Adit's blood is on his hands as well. Mm. That's what I was going to ask. How certain are we that he actually did this? I mean, he confessed. That's all we really have on him. And his yes. the shoes in his car or was it Rajesh's car? It was Rajesh's car. I okay. think his confession is enough for us as listeners and members of the audience to believe that he's guilty. Maybe in the eyes of the law, in a court of law, right. that was not enough evidence to convict him. But the fact that he knew all these details and he confessed to it, that's yeah. enough for me as a as a listener mm-hmm. of this okay. case to believe that he's guilty. Now, Adit's mother, Chandrika, she was heartbroken beyond belief on first losing her son and then her husband mm-hmm. and now having to see him unto free as a bird. Yeah. She expressed shock and disappointment at the verdict but chose not to appeal this decision. I mean, don't forget, she still has to live across the street from this monster. Right. And she's already, like, spent four years yeah. fighting. Fighting so. and mourning. And yeah, she has a son to take care of. Remember, she had another son. At some point, I guess you have to figure out your priorities and where you want your life to go. Yeah. Maybe her lawyers, of course, may have... Persuaded her to... Yeah, persuaded her that there's just not enough evidence to... Yeah. Maybe uh, to get a conviction even in a higher court. I wish her all the strength and goodwill and hope that she's able to find some peace in life. I hope her low-life family moved out from across the street. Yeah, they can just, they can go to hell for all I care, yeah. Go live under a bridge, troll mm-hmm. people. Adit was a sweet kid. He had one who had a lot of gumption and a total sportsman spirit. As a newborn, he had to undergo heart surgery and he <sighs> was just 45 days old at that time, so... Yeah, he had survived something that serious, that dangerous at such a young Mm -hmm. age. His classmates and friends from school remember him fondly. The school, St. Xavier's Boys Academy, held a memorial for Adit and instituted an award in his name, which will be given to the best athlete in the school every year. Cute. I I find that really sweet. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he loved to play football or as we call it in the U.S., soccer. Mm-hmm. And that was his favorite game. He was in the school team and his friends were very traumatized after yeah. Adit, you know, passed away and they stopped playing for a while. They were scared to play and pretty sad. But but at least this award will keep his memory alive and, mm-hmm. you know, bring some positivity and encouragement to other athletes in the school just like Adit. And yeah. I love that. 
Yeah. Yeah. This brings us to the end of this sad story. And all I want to say is rest in peace, Adit. You are too good for this world. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts, final thoughts on anything from the story? Hmm. They say that like in crimes like this, I think in kidnappings and then also in like abuse crimes, it's like family members or someone you know who perpetrates the crime. Mm -hmm. And that's just like, that's got to be the worst part of the story to me is that this little kid trusted his cousin and someone he played with someone he grew up with that guy just must he must actually not have a heart or a soul i wonder if he even feels bad i hope he's haunted for the rest of his life i hope he's tortured by his actions that's all yeah and if he ever has kids he's never ever not worrying about the safety of his child because he knows that there are people just like him out on the streets yeah oh No children for that one, please. Yeah, so for today's Bollywood Corner, I I thought we'd do something different. I thought we'd, you know, we'd talk about a movie that Adit may have enjoyed since he was such a sportsman and an athlete and he loved to be out and about and playing in the sunshine. I thought, okay, let's, let's recommend a movie that he would have loved or he would have liked to watch. Nice. I love it. I'm only going to do one movie today, and that is the Bollywood movie Chak De India. This is a movie from 2007. It's a Hindi movie. It's a sports film. Uh, and it stars Shah Rukh Khan. <gasps> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here he is to save the day. <laughs> I wonder if Adit liked Shah Rukh Khan. Maybe he did. Most kids love him. It's a good movie. It's a different movie. It, it's about this professional hockey player who turns into a coach in his later life. And he coaches the men's hockey team who loses miserably. And so he's kind of, okay. he's in a spiraling downwards trajectory in his life, really. Okay. He gets handed this ragtag bunch of... An underdog team? Yes, an underdog team of women hockey players that he now has to coach and put together for an international tournament. This is field hockey, right? Yes. Okay, okay. Field hockey. Sorry. Not ice hockey. No, no, no. Not the Bruins. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So, yeah, it's an underdog story. And who doesn't love those? Like, it's so encouraging to watch people go from zero to hero. And this is... This is the perfect movie for that experience. I also love, like, especially in Indian film when there's a story about, like, female athletes or there was that wrestling movie. I think I even watched it with you. You cried. Yeah. You you came out from the movie and you're like, I cried so much. Yeah, that movie was was Dungo. That was Dungo. Dungo, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I love those stories. Okay, so on a scale of one to ten, one being... Let's see. How should we do this? What? The worst movie? <laughs> how is Shah Rukh Khan's acting? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being he actually like performs something that doesn't make you cringe or 1 being like most of his films where it's like pretty cringy acting. Where are we? A solid 9.5. Really? This is, yeah. This is one of those movies where he acts and where yeah. he's not Shah Rukh Khan. Okay. You know? Okay. Cool. He's a hockey coach. He actually acts here. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, so that's my recommendation for today. It's called Chakde India. 
definitely go give this movie a watch. I'm sure it's on some streaming platform. If not, you can check it out on our website for links to sites where you can watch this, crimesfromtheeast.com. Make sure you check out the Instagram as well. Again, Alex, thank you so much for making all that awesome original cover artwork for our Cyanide Mohan episodes. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, please head on over to Instagram and give Alex's artwork some love. She's she's such a good artist, Alex. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Got good material to work with these days. I'm happy to have your help. Join us again next week for some true crime with a little masala and And spice.